0: This is another man who falls into the category of Roman foundational legend. Now, he probably, or he might not have ever existed. It's hard or impossible to know for sure, but his story fits very neatly. It it subverts a situation which could have gone much worse for Rome specifically the situation with Lars Porsena. We talked about Lars Porsena a bit. He was one of the things that Publius was dealing with, one of the two major fronts that he had to contend with. And we talked about the fact that Publius Valerius and Brutus defeated him in a battle, but that was not the end of Lars Porsena. Lars Porcena returned to his own city of Colusium, and he raised a new army to come back for the Romans. He thought that they were a bit of a paper tiger, something that looked fierce but could be conquered without a crazy amount of effort. So he returned to Rome at the head of a big army, and he gathered his entire army on the eastern side of the Tiber River. He took the Janiculum Hill and garrisoned a small detail of troops there to hold it, and he made for the Ponsubilicus. Pons in Latin means bridge. Rome had amassed a number of lines there because they recognized that if they made it over the bridge, Rome would be in deep trouble. So there were a lot of people who were guarding the bridge and making sure that Lars Porsena could not cross over it. There's probably a question right here as to why they didn't just destroy the bridge outright, but they didn't. So they were guarding the bridge, and there was a long battle, a considerable struggle and fight, and eventually Romans had to carry the two generals who were fighting against Lars Porcenta back into the city. They had to retreat with the generals on their shoulders. And... It's at this point that Horatius Cocles enters the fray, or enters our narrative of the battle. Horatius Cocles was one of a member of the Horatii family. This is the family that had three brothers fight against Alba Longa for Roman supremacy back in the days of King Metius. So they had a storied tradition all of their own, but Horatius Cocles was not an especially important person at this battle. He was kind of a junior officer. And he also had lost an eye in a previous engagement. Cochleus was not his name. It was his agnomen or his, his nickname. Romans have a lot of nicknames. Romans will pick up and drop names left and right. We saw this with Publius Valerius Publicola, who picked up Publicola, and that's probably now how he's most well known. And sometimes that is confusing because I will say Publius or Valerius or Publicola, or we will be talking about Caligula. And it's easy to forget that no one, while they were alive, tended to call them Caligula. Uh, Most Roman emperors, for whatever reason, had the name Gaius. Gaius is just an astonishingly common name in Rome. And even the subject of next week's episode... Was named Gaius Martius, but we'll get into that. So Horatius Cocles was named Cocles for the fact that he had lost one eye, so it's a it's a bastardization of Cyclops Cocles. But Horatius Cocles saw that Rome needed to retreat, and he saw that Lars Porsenna's forces were advancing, and he knew that the bridge was. The weak point. If they could destroy the bridge, it would be difficult or impossible for the forces from Colusium to cross over and threaten the city. And so he told all of his fellow Romans, "Quick, start destroying the bridge. Start tearing it down. I alone will hold them off." And so he stood on the bridge and challenged the whole army to attack him. And large percent of his forces was unsurprisingly nonplussed. They weren't sure what this one crazy person was doing, standing in their way, trying to get them to kill him, trying to hold the bridge against all of them, and so they hesitated for a bit. But their hesitancy eventually turned, and they started throwing spears and javelins and rocks at him, and he managed to catch them all on his shield and yelled at them to bring on more. And they were still kind of uncertain. Maybe this Roman knew something that they didn't. Maybe there was something deeper here than they understood going on. And they weren't sure how to react to this. And all of this uncertainty bought Rome the time that it needed to destroy the bridge. So once Horatius got the point, once Horatius got the news from his other Romans that the bridge could come down, he immediately leapt from its battlements and into the Tiber River. They, the forces of Colusium, had realized what he was doing and they started throwing their javelins at him and several javelins struck him as he was falling into the water. But that didn't get them any closer to Rome. That didn't stop Rome from having a massive river in between it and an invading army. Lars Porsena looked at what they had done and decided that it might be better to leave Rome to its peaceful self than trying to conquer it. There are probably easier paper tigers somewhere else that he could conquer to build his empire. So he retreated and tacitly admitted that Rome had won. And for what he did, they built a statue to Horatius and Horatius was given all the land that he could drive a plow around in a day. The ancient sources are always filled with ideas like this, we will give you as much land as a bronco wanders through, or, or whatever measure of, of space they come up with to award someone as a prize. It's more poetic. This is the story of Horatius Cocles and Lars Porsena's assault on the city. It seems unlikely and fantastical in the extreme, that Lars Porcena would come so close to Rome and not be able to take the city with what is a historically provable large force. Many historians today agree that Lars Porcena probably won. He probably took the city and installed a puppet government. The reason why no ancient sources say that is because it just doesn't fit with the other ancient narratives. We don't have any supporting information from this. If there were consuls in the following years who were Porcena's picks, we have no idea what they would look like. Everyone immediately after this, all the stuff the Romans are dealing with after this has to do with the struggle between the plebeians and the patricians. There's no mention of a foreign invasion, that a foreign force that threatened Rome or that ruled Rome from afar. So this instant doesn't make sense, but it's also hard to make the idea of Porcena winning this battle fit into any kind of existing Roman narrative. Maybe everything is just lost to history. Or maybe... I guess there's just a chance that some of the information that we have is accurate. This is something that we go through a lot. People go back and forth on the authenticity of ancient sources like Herodotus. Herodotus sometimes gets called the father of lies for the amount of exaggerations that he included in his histories. And while that's fair sometimes... There's also sometimes where we throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's a lot of examples of Herodotus's numbers being much better than we thought they were 50 years ago. We are uncertain whether a man named Horatius Cochlis ever existed, but it's kind of fun to imagine the story. And it makes for a good story. Well. Thank you, everybody, and I hope you have a nice day.